0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today as we talk about some minor injuries going on at training camp practice. Steph Curry speaks and roster review part four. Going to look at some of the small forwards on this team. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. As we all know, the Dubs have started training camp and are getting ready for their first Preseason game against the Lakers on Saturday. I think they played the Lakers like three or four times, honestly, in the preseason. Just easy schedule. Close team. All that good stuff. But today there was some uh, some updates from training camp. Some injury updates. Some new injuries. Turns out Kevon Looney tweaked his hamstring. He did tell Steve Curry. He doesn't think it's that bad, but... He did take himself out of practice and, you know, was on the treadmill after practice. So, that's a good sign. Nothing that should keep him out any regular season games, but probably miss some practices uh, in spring train or spring tra- training camp. Um, maybe miss the first game or something like that, which is tough considering that the center position is already thin and you have Willie Cauley-Stein's injury and now a hamstring tweak from Kavon Looney and an ankle roll from Allen Smilagic. Now again, none of these seem like they're going to cost him any regular season time or anything, but for a guy like Smilagic who might be forced into some regular season playing minutes even though he's probably not ready, probably needs to be in Santa Cruz more than anything, but because of how thin they are at center, might actually get some minutes early in the season. It's, you know, you don't want want to miss in any uh any training camp, come on Looney's come on Looney, he's gonna be fine. Uh, regardless. You know, he's a pro, he's in shape, he's uh he, he knows the, the offense. But again, things are changing, so maybe he does need the minutes, who knows? Uh, but he he shouldn't be out for too long. But again, this is one of those situations that opens up opportunities for guys that might be on the fringe, like Amari Spellman and guy a guy who's really on the fringe, Marquis Chris. This is going to give them both opportunities to play, and let's see what they do with them. It's not guaranteeing anything, but again, with Marquise Chris, it's it's tough to see how he makes the roster. But if he really, really impresses, they'll figure out a way to keep him because they're going to keep the best players. As far as Spellman goes, I you know we've we've documented uh, his weight problems, that he's down to two seventy five, still wants to lose about ten more pounds. Uh, to get to his playing weight, 265, but he's smooth. He's a smooth offensive uh, offensive player. The guy's got a smooth jumper. Like I've said, Steve Kerr said it, you know, similar to most baits. So he will get his opportunities and, and probably get more early than he would have expected because of the injuries to Willie Cauley-Stein and to Kevon Looney. So that's something to keep an eye on in this first week of uh, training camp and. And the first, first preseason game. Let's let's see what happens with that center position. Steph Curry spoke to some media after practice. Answered some questions. And one of the interesting things he said. And again, you have to... Uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to tell when he's joking sometimes. I can't lie. But this seemed pretty sincere. And also seemed to make sense as well. When it came to D'Angelo Russell and Steph coexisting on the floor. Considering, you know, they're both point guards more or less. I mean... Obviously, Steph is. D'Angelo Russell, a little bit of a tweener, but he he likes having the ball in his hands. So here's what Steph had to say on that.
1: I mean, it's fun. You can see the potential, we can, how we work off each other. Uh, it's no secret. I like to play with the ball and off the ball. I know he can do the same. So kind of our formula of whoever gets the rebound, whoever's close to the ball, get it and go, and the other guy just run. Um, that's going to be fun to watch, having a playmaker like that that can put the ball on the floor, create for others. And uh, he's obviously a night down shooter, too. So uh, I think the chemistry will be developed very, very quickly in terms of uh, you know, how we work off each other and, and what we can accomplish together. As a, as a backcourt, for sure. You mentioned that rule. I mean, did you guys just talk about that pre-practice? I mean, is that literally something like a conversation you've had? With him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, for us to be successful, there's nothing that's going to be understood. It's going to have to be talked about and worked on practice and we had to paint the picture and then let's kind of execute on the floor you know there may be some things we kind of stumbled upon certain lineups just because we have so much to kind of work with but for the most part from the coaches all the way down it's going to have you know take a consistent conversation communication and uh just everybody being on the same page before the game starts to know what we're trying to do
0: Now the rule stuff was talking about is basically whoever gets the defensive rebound is the guy with the ball in his hand and the other guy will just basically stay off ball. Uh, so that's, that's how they're going to do it moving forward. We'll see how it works, but that's the understanding right now. And, uh, yeah, I I guess that's the, the way you should do it. When you have two guys who are, are ball dominant and, uh, Play better with the ball in their hands. That's, that's you know, the most diplomatic way. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts, you know. Steph's not a demonstrative guy, like, clapping for the ball. But, I, you know, there's probably going to be times where he wants it and D'Angelo takes it up and vice versa. But, again, it's very early in their basketball relationship. So, we will see. But he talks about the potential. I mean, there's there's tons of potential there with these, these two players. Uh, Steph was also asked about... Just not having Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston and all those other guys around, and uh, he uh, had a, a
1: a heartfelt response. Yeah, I text Andre yesterday. I had a little heartfelt moment. I said I miss you, bro. <laughs> it's just weird not seeing him. You get used to so many, you know, faces and uh, you know certain presence on the court. And you know, those two guys were. You saw them. They. You know, you knew what time it was, uh, and things changed. Obviously, we talked about all summer. I knew this 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 kind of situation was happening, but it's it's uh this is definitely weird. Did he text you back? Yeah, he did. We had a, we had a good conversation. <laughs> What's he doing right now? I mean, he doesn't even really have so we had our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, he's, and he, uh, he's, he's grinding. He's he's staying he's staying, he's staying sharp and in his shape. So I know he's. he's Got a lot more to give in the league, so we'll see.
0: So there's stuff on the absence of Andre Guadala, Sean Livingston, and others. And one thing we don't think about when a guy like Andre gets traded or something like that is just the fact that, you know, we just look at it as, okay, Andre's not on the team anymore. But, you know, these are all humans, and they're used to having that guy around for the last six years at training camp around them every day. Like, they lost a, a coworker that they loved to have around, uh, that they loved working with. So it's um, it's too bad. It's not going to be a long-term effect or anything, but just hearing him talk about it on the first couple of days of training camp, it just makes you realize, like, yeah, you, you lose the human element sometimes uh, as a fan or spectator or whatever, and just realize, you know, it, yeah, you, you lose a co-worker who you love working with, love being around, it's tough. And uh, that's what Steph was was talking about. It will be interesting to see what does happen with Andre. As we all know, he's technically part of the Memphis Grizzlies right now, but is also not at training camp with him, and they're trying to figure out a, a buyout or a trade. So we'll see. I think Memphis is doing the right thing, though, because Andre is clearly a player who still has a lot of value across the league, especially to contenders, and there's absolutely no reason for them to to just let him leave for nothing. You know, they should try and recoup whatever they can and that's what they're doing so we'll wait and see where uh, where Andre ends up going we're going to get into the next chapter of our roster review in just a minute but first manscaped is number 1 in men's below the belt grooming get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com that is l o c k e d o n at manscaped.com what up, everybody? Welcome back into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host Charles T. Hamilton. What's going on? Just finished a quick training camp update. Not a ton of news coming out of training camp on day two, uh, but Kavon Looney did roll an a- or excuse me, did tweak a hamstring. Smiley each did roll an ankle. Should open things up for Marquise Chris and Amari Spellman to potentially get uh, minutes in this first preseason game. Steph talked about his time with uh, D'Angelo Russell so far throughout training camp, and and he misses Andre Iguodala. And I don't blame him, but we are going to get into the roster review. Uh, We're going to finish off the small forwards today, which, you know, the people that are trying to replace Andre Iguodala, and it's a tall order, and, you know, no matter how many players they try and get to fill that void you're not going to be able to replace Andre or KD obviously Uh, but we're going to finish it off today with Alfonso McKinney and Alec Burks and I want to start with Alec Burks because he I believe will get one of the first shots at the small forward position I think Alfonso McKinney will be the starter I think first guy off the bench to get minutes at small forward will be Alec Burks we talked about Glenn Robinson the other day, and I think Glenn will get his chance if he plays well. Like, he's not going to be handed an opportunity. He's going to have to prove it. He's going to have to earn it uh, with the injuries he's had over the years and just inconsistent play at times. Alec Burks, though, a, uh, a veteran in the league. He is a 35% three-point shooter uh, career. And last year was a a different type of season for him. Uh, He started out with the Utah jazz only played 17 games for them. Got traded to the Kings. Did not really play a role with the Kings. He was on the bench, not doing much and then uh, was moved to Cleveland after that. And he played his most games uh, of last season with Cleveland. He played 34 games with them, started 24 averaged just under 30 minutes was just about 38% from three, averaging 11.6 points a game. He signed initially, well, he didn't actually sign because he would be with them. He initially agreed to a contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder this offseason, but that was before Paul George and Russell Westbrook got traded. And the Thunder, doing a solid said, you know, if you guys want to reconsider your deals with us, that's fine. I know we're in a different spot than when you signed. So he decided to not sign with the Thunder and sign with the Dubs. Uh, probably a better opportunity and a better chance at the playoffs. Um, you know, maybe a better city also. I don't know. Okay, take it easy, Thunder fans. But uh, he is going to be an option off the bench at the small forward spot. And again, he's not a ideal small forward. Um, they only really have one guy who fits the small forward mold, and that's Alphonso McKinney. Uh, like I said, the quote from Zach Lowe uh, uh, earlier this week, most threes are actually twos or fours, and Alec Burks definitely fits into that two mold. He's much more of a shooting guard, but at 6'6", six, six, able to fill in at small forward, and that's where we're going to see him. He's a guy who can uh, fill it up. He'll get you buckets. Defensively, eh. Not much there, but that's something that Steve Kerr's gonna have to live with and he's probably gonna hate it that a lot of the guys that he has this year are defensively challenged. you know this is a team that's probably gonna have to outscore everybody and then hope they can play good defense you know for the last five minutes of the game. So Alec Burks is part of it he is versatile like I said he could play some some uh, shooting guard as well, but the thing is, they have other options they want to go to at shooting guard before him. They're going to want to see Jordan Poole. I know Jacob Evans is going to be starting out at the backup point guard, but if the backup point guard spot doesn't work, he'll probably get time at shooting guard. If that doesn't work, well, even if it does work, you you could also see Jacob Evans get some time at the three if they just need some type of wing defense because they just don't have much on this team this year. And Alec Burks is not going to be a wing defender. He's going to be uh, a bench score, which, all right, I'll take it. And the reason why I say bench player is because this next player on the roster review is who I believe will be starting at small forward. Alfonso McKinney started out last year as one of the best stories in the NBA uh, from, und- well, really, I was going to say from undrafted, from from Eastern Illinois to Green Bay College to, Mexico to Luxembourg to the G League to the Raptors back to the G League to the Golden State Warriors and getting rotation minutes with the defending champs one of the best stories of last year was Alfonso McKinney and it started out as one of the best stories because he was playing really well to start the season I mean he was knocking down threes like you know the Warriors had never seen from a bench player at 6'8", 215, the guy's a legitimate small forward, but his play tailed off at the end of the year, and even though he's willing, a willing defender, not the greatest defender, um, but it's another chapter in his story that he's probably going to be starting at small forward for the Warriors this year. Uh, going off of last year's number, I mentioned he started out hot, which was huge for the Dubs, but he had an injury early on and then kind of took a step back uh, throughout the season. He played 72 games, averaged about 14 minutes, uh, finished the year 35.6 from three, uh, was hesitant to take him towards the end of the year because of his struggles. He is athletic. He can run the floor. He you know had some nice dunks, some nice alley-oops. Uh, solid defense at times. I just I can't get the the sight of him guarding Kawhi one on one out of my mind uh, from the finals and why Steve Kerr kept allowing that to happen. But we move on. We move on. Uh, again, I think he's the starting small forward this year because, well, just by default, really. They don't have many other options. He's the only true small forward. On this roster, Steve Kerr's pretty traditional to the point that, you know, he likes traditional centers. He likes people to fit their positions. And he will, uh, Alfonso McKinney will fit the small forward spot until Clay comes back, which when Clay does come back, and we all know that won't be till after the All-Star break, I think he'll be at the three, D'Angelo at the two, Steph at the one, and then there will be a lot of staggering from there. But I think that's what the starting lineup's going to look like when everyone's healthy, but since... We're not all healthy right now. Alfonso McKinney starting small forward for the Golden State Warriors. Now, what he brings is capable three-point shooting. Now, if he takes a step from three and is a consistent, you know, 38, 40% three-point shooter, like if he can take that step, that would be huge for the Warriors. Because, I mean, obviously it'd be big for the Warriors because they're going to need all the help they can get this year but because he would be a reliable piece that they wouldn't mind starting. The problem is he just got so shaky towards the end of the year last year with his shot that he wouldn't take him, and when he would, he would miss him. If he can get his shot back to where it was at the beginning of the season and be consistent, that would be huge. Because, like I said, he's a willing defender, not the greatest defender, but his size, his effort... Etc. allows him to to probably be the best wing defender or the best wing defender outside of guys like Draymond, Jacob Evans, Clay, you know, one of one of their top wing defenders. But if the three's not falling and you're getting torched on defense, then it's I uh, you know, how, how do you stay on the floor? Great offensive rebounder, great rebounder, period. But let's say you're not playing good defense, your, your shot's not falling, then you need to be averaging double digits rebounding. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe he'll do that with the, the uptick in minutes that he gets. You know, he was a good rebounder last year. The, some of the offensive rebounds are, like, uh, damn near majestic is the best way I can describe him, the way he flies in. But... He was, he was doing that with only, you know, just under 14 minutes a game. So 20, 25 maybe, depending on how the rotation goes. Can he up that re- those rebounding numbers to kind of mitigate some of the other other deficiencies that he has? We'll see. But <laughs> I know for a fact we will see because he's going to be getting time just because there isn't any other options. There's not. And I'm excited for him. I, you know, like I said, I love the story. Love how hard he works. All that good stuff. Seems like a great kid. Uh, I hope it works out for his sake, for the Warriors' sake. But the biggest steps he's going to need to take, just a little more sound defensively and consistency from three. And that would be a huge boost to the Warriors in this starting lineup. None of it's guaranteed. But if he can take that step, that would be huge for him, for the Warriors, And for his future. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I think he has a future in the NBA regardless. But if he proves that he can be consistent from three above average defensively to go with his rebounding, that's gonna be a nice little payday for him. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be back later this week with more locked on warriors, more roster review. We're we're getting through it. We're almost I think two more parts and we'll have this thing wrapped up and then we'll be playing some basketball. So I'm pretty excited. Thank you guys once again for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.